you are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. Uh, it is a good day for a good day. I am sitting in my office, and actually, if you're listening to the podcast, it won't be out right away, but there is a video portion going out of this audio on Friday, and I want to say if you're on Spotify, you get the video a little bit early technically because Spotify has a video feature, so if you want to see the video correspondence, I would recommend that, uh, but you're still going to get the same thing here in the audio. So everything of course will be provided for you down below and the video will be out on YouTube a little later this week. So if you want to wait for it, then that's fine too. But I'm really trying to mix it up this year. Give us a few more mixed mediums, you know, and today's topic, I feel very excited to talk about because it kind of falls in line with my series that I did. I want to say back in like 2019, 2020, that was called YouTube school. And I was really, really, really invested in just helping other people create things that they love and push them out into the world. And I still very much feel like that person. Nothing makes me more upset than when I see people give up on their dreams. So I always want to be the person that is here to help and to guide. And I've been in this industry for 10 years this year. Uh, my actually, if you really want to get technical, it's been 13 years and I'll give you a little context on that. If you're unfamiliar with my story briefly, um, in 2010, I actually uploaded my first ever YouTube video on a channel that was called Chloe Kitten. Uh, the channel does not exist anymore. The videos do not exist anymore. It was a channel dedicated to weight loss and it was very toxic. I do not recommend zero out of 10 for Chloe Kitten. Uh, I have much different beliefs about how to go about that now and get like nutritional value for like nutritional value and nutritional info. Um, I'm actually in school currently to become a holistic nutritionist. So, um, I do not think the way that I used to think back then, I'm glad that channel doesn't exist anymore, but that was my like introduction into YouTube. And then circa 2013. So three years later, I started uploading gaming content for the Sims, not for them. Like they didn't hire me. It was just the game that I played. And I actually had a seven year career in that industry where I actually became a full-time content creator within the first two to three years. And that was my like main source of everything I had. Um, I became like a partnered Twitch streamer. I still have that channel up today. It goes under coffee, but to find it, you have to search coffee Sims on YouTube. Um, I still have my Twitch account, but I don't really stream very often. And there's like a privated Instagram account attached to it. But uh, I did that for seven years consistently. And then I went through my spiritual awakening in technically 2017. And I want to say I really full force pretty well stopped gaming in about 2019 after that experience. And that led me to doing tarot content, doing spirituality content on YouTube and just creating a new channel and moving over. And I really do believe that, and I was just talking to a friend about this today, that my success on YouTube or on any platform or doing what I do now full time didn't necessarily come because I had my foot in the door with gaming. It was actually very hard to 
and I know I don't have anything to prove to anyone, but just to kind of give context here, it was actually very hard to push into a new career because I want to say I started the Chloe Taylor channel under a different name and it was like, I maybe had like 2000 followers, subscribers at the time that had followed me from my coffee Sims days, but it really was just this like very small community that chose to follow me because I feel like going from like children's games, which if you're an adult and you play the Sims, you are valid. That is not me telling you not to. I actually think that game is way more adult than we give it credit for, but my audience was predominantly children back then. And I think when it came to children and then trying to like talk about, you know, Tantra and like tarot cards and spirituality, a lot of people did not like that or didn't like their kids viewing that. So uh, when I made the switch over, a lot of my community actually did not follow me. And I kind of had to make an entire new name for myself. And with that, I feel like I've learned a lot over the years, over these technically 13 years in total, but I only really count about 10 of those years because that was when I actually like did not have another job. I was only doing content creation. So, uh, I uh, actually, when I got into tarot card reading, it was very much from the angle of psychology. I got really invested into mental health after a passing in my family that was very significant and it changed my whole life. I got, I, I was already reading tarot cards prior to that, but I learned about them under a completely different lens and started to use them to actually help myself work through my own mind. And then I started up loading on the fly to YouTube and one video blew up and that was really all it took. So yes, it took a lot of consistency, a lot of making content. Like I want to say I made videos on the Chloe Taylor channel for about two years before I saw any real traction. So it does take consistency. It does take a lot, but I want to talk to you basically today. Now that you know my story, I want to talk to you today about if I lost everything tomorrow, what are the things that I would do? And maybe some things that I wouldn't do based on 10 to 13 years of experience. So that's, that's the T. And if you are somebody that is like an aspiring tarot card reader and you want to put yourself out there on YouTube or on Twitch or something, I really think this video could give you a lot of value. So stick around. I'm also going to put some links down below for like the gear that I use and, um, just anything that I mentioned, some of those links may be affiliate links. Some of them may not be. I'm just genuinely doing this, not because I'm trying to make something, but because I genuinely want to help. That is, like I said, the thing that, or maybe I said it, I've said, this is the second time I'm filming, but, or recording, but my main thing is that I want other people to go after their dreams. And if I can be the person that I wish I had had back then, that is the only thing I'm trying to do here. So the first thing I am going to tell you, if you cannot wrap your head around this, I genuinely feel like this industry is not for you. And I don't mean that you can't just like do things a different way, but from doing this in three different sectors, remember I did the health sector, I did the gaming sector, and now I'm in the spirituality sector because I am an ever evolving and changing being. But the one thing I will tell you is 
you need to make content creation a non-negotiable and do it for at least one year consistently. I know that might be something that nobody wants to hear, but especially with YouTube or Twitch, I'm going to say those two areas. YouTube is really where my area of expertise is. So we're going to mainly be talking about that today, but this could be the same with a podcast, I feel like, but you have to be in a place where you are ready to commit to consistency for a year. And don't get me wrong. I think people blow up overnight all the time. I think people make side passion projects and good things can happen. But I feel like something that I have learned over the last 10 to 13 years, we're going to say 13 years. Okay. Something that I have learned over the last 13 years is every time that I have felt like things were not working or I was starting a project every single time, consistency was something I always had. I had an upload schedule that I was extremely strict about and uploads went up. Back in 2010, I uploaded every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Back in 2013, when I moved into gaming, my schedule changed a few times, but I want to say I started with at least one day a week because that was what I felt like I could commit to. And eventually I did a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then there was a time period where I completely burnt out and I do not recommend this, but I was doing like two videos a day, every single day. And that was the gaming meta back then. I do not recommend that unless you have a whole team to support you. It is not worth the burnout that comes from that. But ultimately, it doesn't even matter how many times you choose to upload. It's that especially on YouTube, your upload schedule does matter because the algorithm wants to bet on you. Now, hear me out for a second. The algorithm wants to bet on you in the sense that they want, like if we just take this objectively, no emotions attached to it, the algorithm wants people on the platform watching videos. That is just cut and dry. They can advertise more to people if it's like that. And consistency is so unimaginably important because the algorithm will see you as a safe bet. Ah, they upload at this time on this day of the week, every single week. So they are going to constantly keep pushing you out because you are a safe bet. So it doesn't matter if it's one day a week. It just, you need to make it something that is consistent. Uh, I know right now I'm talking a lot of talk, but I will because my schedule has been all over the place for the last like year and a half. But I do feel like prior to this, I was very, very consistent about uploading. Sometimes it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I would say Tuesday, Friday has been always my goal. And lately, like I said, I've been a little bit of a slacker about that, uh, mainly because I was moving and private readings and there was just a lot going on. Now I feel like we're getting back into the consistent flow again, Tuesday and Friday uploads, same time every single week. And like I said, this creates kind of a bond with the algorithm that will help you as you really build this, build this creative project into something. And I guess I should have stated that in the beginning, this video and this episode are really for people that want to make this a career for them. This to me is stuff that I wish I had known when I started. So the other thing I want to say about consistency before we move on is that even if you get zero traction in the beginning, when you finally have that one video that blows up, because it will happen, 
when you finally have that one video that blows up, it's going to filter a ton of people into your channel to binge watch your content. So if you don't have binge worthy content already there, you're only hurting yourself. It's actually better if you don't blow up right away. If you have a backlog of content, this is why it's really important that you don't just wipe yourself out constantly. I feel like I'm guilty of this myself. I have done things where I've created businesses and then they don't really get the traction or I start to feel some type of way about them or they're not perfected enough or what have you. And I will delete everything and then start over. And the reason that this hurts you is because let's say your next video or your next thing was the thing that popped off. Now nobody knows what you're about because you don't have a backlog of content. Listen, everybody has content that they've made that they don't like. I myself, if you go back on the history of my YouTube channel and even this podcast, I have things that I have made that I absolutely hate, but I leave them there because I had to start somewhere. Everybody has to start somewhere. And honestly, down the road, you can eventually private those videos if you want to. You don't have to keep them as you continue to grow and move forward. But when you are still kind of building that initial brand, building that initial channel, you need to have the consistency to help you create a backlog because in the long run, it's going to be a big helper for you. So the next thing I want to talk about is something that I don't think I hear talked about enough. And that is figuring out what your unique frequency is because your biggest superpower, this is probably like one of the biggest your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease takeaways just in general that isn't even this like transcends the YouTube everything. This is just like good life advice. Your unique frequency is your superpower. There is nothing. I mean, there is because it's your special sauce, but there is nothing different necessarily like different in the sense of like capability. You are able to create and achieve the same level of success as anybody that you perceive out there. I promise. It's not just like not destined for you. If it is desired by you, it is destined for you. But in knowing that you need to recognize that you have a special secret sauce about you. And that is why people are attracted to the things that you make to your energy, because you bring something to the table that only your unique frequency could create. Even if you made the same thing that somebody else made, the same style of YouTube video, the same title, the same similar thumbnail, but you read tarot cards in this example, the way you read them, that is special. That is your uniqueness. That is what is going to take you so much farther in this industry is by being yourself and figuring out what your unique frequency is. I feel like so many people in this industry will tell you niche down, niche down, niche down. 
I completely disagree. I actually think it's very important to ask yourself, what are the things that you love and how can you marry those things? So for me, I really love food. I'm a huge foodie. I'm a tourist son. I can't help it. Um, I love luxury. I love bougie items, luxury vacations. I love caring for myself. I love nice things. That is like part of my unique signature is like regal energy, expensive energy. Um, and like aesthetic, right? Going into that, it can create this like regal aesthetic. Um, I really enjoy spirituality, astrology. These are things that are my unique frequency. And I also have my like, you know, I have like a very grounded and um, psychological approach to how I read tarot cards because I have a background in psychology and learning about it. So this makes me unique. Even if there are other readers that read with the psychological perspective, maybe they don't have regalness about them. That's something that is different. Or maybe they don't really give a damn about food. They're just cool. Like putting a hot pocket in the microwave, no shade on the hot pocket. Um, you know, it's, your unique frequency is a combination of the things that you love, that light you up. How can you take those things and make them your unique frequency? What is your unique niche? Because if you just niche down and try to do what everybody else is doing, you lose the thing that makes you popular. You lose the thing that people want to be invested in you for when you are constantly looking at what everybody else is doing and trying to mimic it. And I am the queen of this, like doing this. I've done this for so many years and I have so many notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks full of analyzing other people's channels. And not like, I mean, some of them in the tarot community back in the day, but like, especially in gaming, notebooks full of analyzing people's channels and figuring out why people are so attracted to this person and trying to mimic it. And then not having it work for me, having it flop because it was missing me. It was missing my core essence and what makes me special. And if you can get to that place, I feel like this is where like trauma work really can come into a big benefit. If you're somebody that feels like you're not special, there's nothing unique about you. You don't know what you like. This is at the point where I would recommend speaking to somebody or, um, obviously I feel like that's such a, like, oh, you should talk to somebody. Have you thought about a therapist? Like, I don't want to be that bitch that tells you like, you should seek therapy because I understand that therapy is not accessible to everyone, unfortunately. And we have, especially in this country, a lot of problems around that. But I do feel like even if it comes down to just like buying a journal and working through your feelings about why you feel that way about yourself, that can take you a really long way. I also am always going to be a big advocate and proponent if that is your struggle, which I've been there. And that's why I'm talking about these things, because I've been that person that felt like I didn't have any basis to create because I didn't think I was worthwhile but I really feel like it was my work in therapy and also a lot of the work I did on my own that changed my life for the better in this area. And I really loved, and it helped me, 
the book How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera. I know there's some controversy around that book, but all I can tell you is my testimony of it. And it helped me. It benefited me. And I, I know a lot of people as well that have read it that have said the same thing. And it's like a book that does kind of make you deep dive into yourself a little bit more. I just feel like I want to say these things because I recognize, like I said, that therapy is not accessible to everybody. And I feel like a book, even if you have to check it out at your library, might be more accessible. And I want to give those options because nobody should ever feel like they are not able to love on themselves. Like that makes me want to cry thinking about that, that anybody would live their life not loving themselves enough to think that they're worthy of what their special sauce or unique frequency is. You are worthy of that. Everybody is. It is your birthright to know that about yourself and to be able to use it to your advantage. So I just wanted to throw that in there and make space because I never want to just make big blanket statements that leave people out if I can avoid that. Because a lot of this stuff I speak from experience because I've been that person and I know how much it hurts. Um, anyways, moving on. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get emotional today. This next piece of advice is a little bit of tough love because as I always tell y'all, I am not Willy Wonka. I do not make candy at the candy factory. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit if I don't have to. I of course always want to be grounded and gentle, but sometimes myself included, you need a little slap. Um, and that piece of advice is if you are consuming, you are not creating. So this doesn't mean never consume content that you love. This is a balance that we need to create. But if you are constantly only consuming everybody else's content and not creating any of your own, or maybe you're always in the ideas phase, creating ideas, but not implementing any plans. This can really hinder your progress moving forward. And this is something that I wish somebody had told me early on. The next thing I would do if I had to start over from square one is not sponsored, just love it. I would be using Canva. Uh, Canva is free though. You can pay for the pro version. I pay for the pro version because I do run a full fledged business and I use this stuff. Um, I don't think I actually have an affiliate link for them, but I need to get on that. Um, but I use Canva and Canva is great because it actually, it's a website. Just go canva.com. Um, you can create your entire brand through Canva. So you can pick out your colors. You can pick out your name. This is like the fun, creative part, right? And if I was going to start over and completely rebrand what I'm doing, I love getting into the creative aspect of making color palettes and deciding on a name and just making things like really come together in the most aesthetic way. Like I said, Chloe Taylor, she brings regal queen energy to the table and that comes out in my aesthetics. So branding is really important to me. I have a lot of fun making brands and doing this with color is really fun. So I always encourage if you don't have like a favorite color, but you're going to be using your face or uh, branding yourself in some way, go with a color that complements you. So like for me, I know that in 2023, Chloe Taylor's doing a red year. And I do think redheads can wear red despite the haters saying that they can't. Um, green would have been like an excellent choice for me as well as a redhead with a fair complexion. So find out what like your colors are that make you feel a certain type of way or what like 
color, gosh, I could talk about color and branding forever because there are so many different ways to go about it. You can pick a color that suits you. You can pick your favorite color. You can also ask yourself how you want other people to feel when they are consuming your content and base your color choices off of that. Like orange was Chloe Taylor's branding color for, I don't even know how many years until I think roughly like maybe it was just like the first like three years. Um, how many years have we been in doing this? I want to say I started technically in 2017. So it's been a few years, but we did orange for a long time and then it was green and now we're doing red and it's okay to evolve over time. But the point I'm trying to make is that when I was orange, I picked orange, not only because it was my favorite color at the time, but also because I wanted people to feel inspired by my work. And orange is a color that activates creativity in us. It is the uh, sacral chakra, the creative center. So I used orange in a ton of my content because I wanted others to feel that way. And it's not like manipulation, like your psyche can also deny that if it wants to, but ultimately it was all done with intention of helping others. And same with when I had my like green year, I wanted gentleness and softness and healing for the collective. So I focused on the color green. I'm not going to lie to you. Chloe Taylor having a red year is a very selfish, empowered move. I, my intentions are purely for me and feeling powerful. And I would say also helping people heal their like root chakra, their like net of safety. So it's not just about me, but my point is the color you can use in so many different ways in your branding. So if I was starting over today, I would sit and consider these things. I would consider what colors look good on me or, you know, I talked to you about all of it, but basically I would go through Canva and go through their branding process because they lay it out for you. And I want to say Canva is like $11 a month, maybe $8 a month. I don't even remember, but there's also a free version that you can use. And I'm not sure if you can use the branding tool on the free version or not, but I would highly encourage you to like, let yourself get creative and playful. Uh, the next thing is when it comes to equipment, what are you going to use? I feel like if you have not started your YouTube channel or your creative brand and you have a cell phone, you literally have no excuse. I know that there's a lot of nuance to like time and stuff, but if you think it's about equipment and that's why you haven't started and you have a cell phone with a camera, zero excuses. I feel like when you are starting out, just use your phone. The f I don't have it next to me. I was going to pick up my iPhone, but your iPhone has such an excellent quality camera already built into it. So use what you have. You can buy a, a mounted stand and I'll link this stuff down below for you as well. You can buy a mount for your phone that attaches to a desk, especially if you're doing tarot cards and just have the phone over the desk doing a top down view. And you'll be able to see it, of course, only when you stand up to like mess with it, only use the back camera, never use the front camera. The front camera is doomed and we all know it. Uh, the back camera on like iPhone, I can't speak to Android cause I don't have one, but the back camera on the iPhones is actually pretty good. It's fairly decent quality. Now, if you have a little money to invest, I'm going to say something a little controversial right now. 
do not invest in a camera, invest in a microphone first. I will link the microphone and the stand that I use down below because I actually think that this microphone is a huge part of the reason that my channel has been able to gain the amount of traction that it has. Because here's the thing, especially in tarot, you people are listening more than they're watching. And it doesn't mean that people never watch, but how many people turn these videos on and then go do something else and just listen to their reading? That is very common. So with that in mind, you need to have some buttery crisp audio. And I feel like this microphone, it's not even like, there are a few options, like a Blue Yeti, I feel like is always a good option. I would not recommend the Snowball, it's okay. But I feel like, if you need something really inexpensive, the blue snowball is probably where I would start. I think it's about $50. Uh, the blue Yeti, I think if you have a little extra money to spend is more worth it. I want to say it ranges up to 80 to a hundred dollars, depending on if it's on sale. And then this microphone, the Rode podcaster, I want to say the microphone, it retails for three to 400. So it is a bit, it's a, it's an expense. Uh, and the boom arm, I want to say is over a hundred on its own, which is the thing it has to sit on. So this was an investment. That's why I haven't upgraded it in many, many years. And I probably honestly need to upgrade from this point, but, um, my points of bringing this up is the audio in my humble opinion is more important than the video, especially as we're moving into Saturn in Pisces, you're going to see more creators just creating to create. And I mean, gosh, I feel like the wizard Liz, if y'all don't know who that is on YouTube, she is the perfect example of this. She, sorry, my nose is running a little bit. Um, she is the perfect example of this because her camera quality, I hate to say it to you, Liz, you're a wonderful, amazing creator. I doubt you're listening, but you never know. Um, amazing creator, but she uses like a potato camera. It just, her visuals are terrible, but her content and the audio and the subtitling are so crisp that it doesn't matter. And I feel like, honestly, we're going to see a little bit of that like retro and is it considered retro kind of more like grainy picture in the coming years as Saturn moves into Pisces. Cause it, it gives this like feeling of nostalgia. So I feel like video is going to be a little less important for the next few years, but audio I feel like is always important. And with audio, you're also able to create more things like podcasts, meditations. I feel like an audio audio is more versatile, especially when you have the camera on your phone. So I will give you a list of equipment that like I would start with like budget friendly equipment down below. And then I'm going to list off like the stuff that I use right now, like this camera, the two lenses that I use this microphone, the stand that I use. Um, but if I was starting out, I, I, I have like, um, like I said, a stand that is for my phone, uh, that fits like universally any phone. And then, um, I'll list a couple of more like budget friendly microphones for you as well. If you're interested in looking at that, but ultimately 
to me, the microphone is the first thing. The microphone is the first thing. If you're ever going to consider an upgrade, go with something that is going to improve your audio quality. And the next thing I would do if I, and these are not necessarily in any perfect order, but this is something I don't see enough people do. And it kind of, it's like a little pet peeve of mine. Uh, if, if Chloe Taylor had a pet peeve, this is the one, okay? It's when there is no consistency in somebody's branding, meaning it's like, oh, on YouTube, their name is like Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And then of course you couldn't get Manic Pixie Dream Girl on Instagram because somebody else already reserved that like 10 years ago. So their Manic Pixie Dream Girl underscore two, three, four, like it's, inconsistent. And when you are starting a brand, starting a channel, you have the power to gain consistency across the board. So that means you need to go on a little search adventure and first go to, I always start with Instagram. I don't know why, but you could start anywhere. I go to Instagram and I start searching up different names. Like if I want to name myself manic moon, that's probably already reserved. I would be shocked if you could get that, but maybe you want to be, um, I'm trying to think of a name that like maybe wouldn't be reserved. Um, hmm. I feel like everything I'm thinking of is something that's definitely taken. Like, I can't even think of a good example right now, but like you have to go and see what is available. Start with Instagram. If that's available, reserve the name, then go to Twitter, reserve the name, go to YouTube, reserve the name, go to Snapchat, reserve the name. Even if you don't use every single platform available to you, reserve the name. I was actually very shocked when I renamed my podcast divine authenticity. I was very surprised that that Instagram handle was not taken because to me that sounded very basic and like somebody would have taken it, but it was available. So I actually have at Chloe Taylor, which also, I don't know how I manage that either. I think it's because Chloe is spelled different than I see it spelled most of the time. Uh, so I think that's just why I was able to get it, but divine authenticity was available. So I reserved it immediately. Same with podcasts. If you're starting a podcast, you need to go look at the podcast and see what's reserved. You will never believe how upset I was recently when I was, I was thinking about, um, naming a podcast. You can't sit with us based off of mean girls. I was so devastated when I found out that like, eight podcasts use that name. <laughs> like it wasn't just one podcast. So many people had already used that. I thought it would have been a really funny podcast to do with my husband. You can't sit with us because we both have Sagittarius in our big three and we are just yes. Anding ourselves through life. But <clears throat> my point to that is that you need to make sure there is consistency in your branding. Like don't settle for the underscore zero one if you don't have to. And it's like, I've seen where people will do like so-and-so official and that's okay, but I would really try to encourage you to stray away from that completely. Like try not to have to do your name and official or your name and YouTube or your name and Twitch or try to really get the consistent branding and keep going back to the drawing board on the name until you figure something out. Um, the next thing I would say is 
This one I feel like is the thing I'm always talking about and it's find a mentor. Find a mentor, find somebody that is in the field that you want to be in doing what you want to do and listen to their interviews, listen to their podcasts, watch their videos. Now, remember this has to be done in balance because if you're consuming, you're not creating, but it's still important to find out how somebody in what you want to do got to where they are, because it doesn't mean that your journey is going to be exactly the same, but they might have tips for you already. Like I do right now, sitting here telling you, Hey, if you want to do tarot card reading, this is what I would do. This is how I would start that channel from more of the masculine business perspective. Now we can talk about the feminine stuff on another episode. If you want to like more of the spiritual behind the scenes, what I would do, let me know if you want that. But as I was saying, I would find a mentor. I would find somebody who's done what I've done or something like it, or is doing what I want to do. And I would look up every podcast they've ever been interviewed on. I would find out what made them successful. And if there were certain habits that I could implement into my day-to-day -day life, you better, you bet your bottom fucking dollar. I will be implementing those things because like I said, nothing makes me more sad than watching people not fulfill their dreams or not believe or give up on them. So I am a big proponent of that. Um, now getting a little into the SEO of things, if I was starting over from nothing, these are just like a few little bullet points that I want to give you is when it comes to the SEO or the search engine optimization, this is what like makes YouTube or podcasting or being on Twitch. I don't actually know Twitch's SEO or Instagrams, but YouTube, I feel like I have a pretty good foot in the door on and the thing that I'm going to tell you isn't to sit and obsess about this, but you really want to keep it simple with that consistency rule is number one. Consistency is queen. Okay. Consistency over anything. But before you even make the pick a card that you're going to make, before you make the video that you're going to make, think of the title that you're going to call it. So like, Recently, I put out a video called like, why did they ghost? Right. And I was able to play with that a little more or my glow. Okay. So I've been really into the like glow up, um, hot girl walking lucky girl syndrome vibe lately. That's just like been the energy I've been on. And with that, I wanted to create a pick a card that could give me that, that could reach the audience of people that like that kind of stuff, right? My like soul circle. I wanted to call my soul family in people that are into that kind of stuff. So I wanted to make a pick a card that could hopefully gain some traction in that community. And the results aren't in yet. As I'm recording this, it might've been a flop. I have no idea. That's another thing with YouTube is it is sometimes a random generating machine and not every video is going to be viral and that's okay. Um, that's another thing that we'll talk about at the end of the video, but ultimately, or the end of the podcast, but ultimately when it comes to your title, you want to ask yourself, is there a problem you're trying to solve? Is there, what is the value of what you're trying to create? Look at other videos that have been made in that same niche. Even my favorite thing to do in the tarot community, I'm spilling all of my secrets right now, which is fine. I want you to succeed. Um, I will go and look at the things that I'm interested in that aren't in the tarot niche. And I will look at other people's titles that are doing stuff that isn't in that niche. And I'll base my titles off of things that are out of the tarot niche. So like 
You could say that that is maybe not going to work, but I still believe I'm still trying it out. But like doing my glow up video that I made the pick a card that was all about like glowing up your glow up journey. I looked at other glow up videos outside of the tarot niche and based my title around titles that I saw in hopes that my video will get recommended alongside these people so that I can attract that audience. See what I'm saying? So your title should actually come most often before you ever start creating. And then when it comes to tags, people used to say, fill that tag box, you know, however many tags you can put in there on a YouTube video. But recently I learned in like some YouTube meeting they had that they don't really look at tags and keywords as much as they used to. And 10 is fine. Like you don't need to go crazy in the tag box. So I always just try to make sure that anything that is relevant to my title, I'm putting in there 10 is enough. You don't need to stress out about this. And the next thing I want to talk to you a little bit about is the thumbnail. And I feel like thumbnail and title are very important because especially when you're trying to grow your main objective, besides of course creating, which like I said, we could do a whole aspect of the feminine side of things. Another time I'm giving you like masculine business details. So the thumbnail and title though, they are what are going to get you on YouTube's homepage and YouTube's homepage is where you want to be. That is like the golden ticket to getting your video to rise in views is getting it on the homepage or in the browse feature. And the thumbnail and title to me is what makes that because unfortunately we do live in a world where we all do it. You and I do it. We're judging books by their covers. That is a very real thing that everybody is still doing. And YouTube is the same. If you see a video where the thumbnail is really hard to look at, not legible, the text doesn't tell you anything of what it's about. And the title is something that doesn't really grab your attention. Unfortunately, people aren't going to watch it. And this is why you see so many tarot card readers putting these like clickbait titles. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, it's part of how YouTube works. It's, I feel like that is something that is hard for me in this industry because I want to run everything very honestly and authentically. And I do feel like titles sometimes have to be very clickbaity and not misleading. I feel like don't do that to your audience ever. Don't like say that the video is something and then make it something totally different. Like Rick rolling someone, do people still Rick roll people? Um, like Rick rolling someone, but the, the main point I'm trying to make is that you want like the title and the thumbnail to correlate to what you've made, but don't be afraid to like punch it up a little bit because that's what people tend to click on. So I feel like even with my, I've had some titles that I feel like were pretty scandalous. Okay. Like using the word urgent in my titles. I honestly hate urgency culture and I don't like to even use that word in the work that I do. I think my most popular video is an urgent reading though. Like sometimes you do kind of have to find a middle ground and a compromise on that. And I've really tried to shy away from using the word urgent because I don't like to put that out there for me, but I do feel like, unfortunately, sometimes the squeaky mouse is the one that gets fed. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find a middle ground in there. And I also want to say just kind of in closing this podcast and this video that something I wish somebody had told me that would have saved me 
hundreds of hours of grief over the last 13 years is that not every video is going to be viral and that is okay. There are going to be times where your viewership is high and times where your viewership is lower and that is okay. It is normal to see fluctuation. And that little top 10 ranking that YouTube does in the analytics section with, which if you're not a YouTube creator, you probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but in the creator section, in the analytics that like viewers can't see, there is a top 10 list. And every time you upload a video, it weighs that video against your last 10 and it will tell you how it's performing. And that can soul crush you. If you constantly are looking at that and trying to outperform your last video, I have done that. I've been that person and it sucks. It sucks the life right out of you. And if I could just give you a, like a piece of advice there, don't do that to yourself. Have limits on looking at your algorithmic stuff, at your analytics. Have strong boundaries and limits with yourself. Do not put the YouTube Creator Studio app on your phone. Don't do it. Put Leave it to the computer. Check it once a week. It's not worth your mental health checking that every single day. And... I wish somebody had told me that in the beginning because I feel like now I have a tendency to become addicted to it and I have to put those boundaries up because it becomes a sickness of like, how can I outdo myself? How can I outdo myself? And it, it hurts. It hurts. Like everything that you could create from like a passionate place is ruined and it's like tainted by this, this like idea that you have to perform better. So just don't listen to it. Have strong boundaries with it. And on that note, comments as well. Um, rest assured, I have no problem saying this. On my YouTube channel, my comments are policed to high hell. I believe that this is my space on the internet. I have no problem deleting somebody's comments. And it's not about like people could sit and argue like, oh, it's free speech, blah, 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 blah. No, you came to my house and you said things on my wall. You took a crayon and wrote on my wall in my house and I will delete the hell out of those comments. Um, and I also want to say like the word blocking feature on YouTube is your friend. Use it to your advantage. Use it. Every time you see words that you don't want in your comment section, Put them in there. I highly encourage if you're in the tarot realm, putting WhatsApp and every variation you can think of of WhatsApp in that blocked feature because eventually when you gain traction, there are going to be people that are going in and replying to your uh, viewers with like a WhatsApp number trying to scam people. So highly encourage every time you see some nonsense in your comments, go through your filter. And also don't be afraid to delete somebody's comment, mute people. Muting people is like the ultimate F you because to me, it's more satisfying than actually arguing with somebody in the comments because they can sit and basically talk to a wall. They think that they are still going on and on and on in your comments constantly, but their comments might not even be showing up. If you've chosen to mute them, which you can do, they won't show up for you or anyone else. And they can comment all they want and they'll never know. So I feel like that's a win-win. But that was like 
I feel like that was something I used to feel guilty about. And then I thought about it and I was like, Chloe, this is your house. Like, yes, it's the internet, but like, this is your house. And somebody just came into your house and decided to speak to you like that without context, without knowing you, without walking a mile in your shoes. Uh-uh. And don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean that there's no room for criticism. I think criticism is valuable. And the sooner you can take criticism in and actually assess it without taking it personally, the better journey on YouTube you're going to have. But when it comes to people just being malicious or attacking for literally no reason, that I will not tolerate, especially when people attack other people or if they come at me thumping their Bible. You better believe every name in the Bible is blocked in my YouTube comment section. You cannot say that to me. Not because I think the Bible is bad in theory. I think it's great if you want to read the Bible, but don't come at me with your with your fantasy novel. I don't want to hear it. Like that is just, that's the tea. That's the shade. That's the pink lemonade. Um, is there any other, I think that's everything I wanted to say. So I know this was a lot. This is a very long episode and mostly for like a specific demographic. I know that most people probably on my podcast, maybe this topic isn't even interesting to you, but I feel like Nothing makes me more sad than when people tell me they don't want to start when they have such great ideas and it's your secret sauce that needs to be put out there so that other people can receive you because the words that you have might be the blessing that somebody else needs. And you're never going to know until you put yourself out there. So check out everything in the description box that I've left down there for you. Um, have a fun. I feel like that's another thing. Like just have fun with it. Do this because it's fun because you're having a fun time. And if you want it to be something serious, implement these things that I've mentioned and just try commit for one year. That's like my whole thing is commit for one year. And after one year, if nothing ever happens and it doesn't go anywhere, that's when you can sit and reassess and ask yourself, are you still having fun? Is this a thing you still like? Do you want to keep doing it? Give it a year, give it a year, give it a year, give it a year. And that's all I wanted to say. So thank you so much for tuning in, whether you watch the video or listen to the podcast. Um, please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I love you so much. I am already proud of you for considering starting. If you've clicked on this to learn some things, I'm already proud of you and you are going to make really cool things. And I will talk to you in the next one. Bye.